Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mind. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning and uh, welcome to Friday. And uh, this is, of course, Veterans Day today. And we want to say thank you for listening. And let me just read you something very quickly about what President George Washington said about today. The willingness of wit with which our young people are likely to serve in any war no matter how justified, shall be directly proportional to how they perceive the veterans of early wars were treated and appreciated by their nation. Man, that is such a powerful statement. So to all of our veterans, we say thank you. Thank you so much for your service and what you've done for our country. Today's program is one that you might find to be uh, its post-election. We're going to kind of push the envelope a little bit because we're going to talk with Stanton Brown and David Land. David Land's going to guide us through his his overtake of what he sees with the economy. And then Stanton's going to make sure we understand that even though you may have not won the election or you may have won the election or you may feel great or you're still in despair or whatever, there's some fundamentals when you go into investing that you need to remember. And Stanton's going to guide us through those fundamentals after we listen to David. But, Stan, let me ask you this. Welcome to the program, sir. Thanks for being here. Well, you know, I want to start just real quick, and then we'll take a break. But just what are some of the fundamentals? When you say fundamentals, and you're going to talk about a lot of things that people need to put, but what are some of the fundamentals? What are you thinking? Well, two key ones that they need to think about is, one, just don't freak out. There's a lot of hard to do (laughs) for a lot of people. You you saw that on Tuesday night. I mean, the market dropped 800 points and all of a sudden during that's of course, that's during it's the futures market. It it turned around. But that's what a lot of people did. But what that did was create a lot of panic. Right. And people don't make rational decisions when panicking. And that's that's the problem with all of it. So don't freak out. That's right. Right. And another one is don't get suckered into these short term moves of the market Um, just because things are moving around. Under stress, again, people don't make rational decisions. <laughs> so when a lot of things are moving all at one time, maybe it's just let's step back a little step bit. Step back, take a deep breath. So what I'm hearing you say, Stanton, is when things seem to be in an upheaval, take a deep breath, step yes. back, and uh, don't get caught up. I know the, there's a lot of things that go on. You're going to give us those fundamentals, and I and I think I'm so much appreciative of that because I think a lot of us have to have to retool or rethink you know, it is a it is a president that we really don't know exactly what his policies and what where he's headed with this. So there is this uh, little bit of question, and I appreciate the program, right? That, that you're going to give us the five, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten fundamentals, things to to look for, things to think about, things that you need to be concerned about. But before we do that. We're going to have David Land when we come back. David Land's going to give us his take of the economy. Are we headed to a recession? That's going to be my first question to David Land when we come back. We'll see you then. 
Jim Shoemaker and Stan Brown are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Advantage Capital Management and Securian Financial Services Incorporated are affiliates. Helping you make the most of your money, Talk Money will return right after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs, it's what we do. Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities, from insurance needs to college funding, retirement, or estate planning. Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan, it's the results. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Hi, I'm Jim Shoemaker, and welcome to the program. Talk Money is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm, estate planning, elder law, and probate, planning for all generations. That's the Bailey Law Firm. We do appreciate what they do for us and thank them all the time. For Actually, we'll have uh, Mac Bailey on the show in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to that. My guest today is David Land and Stanton Brown, and we're talking about the market post-election and Stan was telling us, don't freak out. That's number one. And, you know, back away. And before you get caught up in doing something, just slow down. Don't get suckered into these short-term volatile moves that happen. And David, David Land is with us today. We so much appreciate David's a frequent guest of ours. He is a vice president and portfolio manager of Total Return Advantage Capital Management. Welcome to the program, David. Hey, good morning, Jim, and happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to you, too, sir. Are you a veteran? No, I am not. Well, I, I served. I got a chance to do that in, uh, for our country, so uh, you thank you so much for being with us today. Let's, uh, let me start with this today. I, I feel like that we have to talk about post-election, an 800 downturn in the futures market. So what's your thoughts? I mean, we've got an unknown uh, non-politician in the Oval Office are coming, President-elect Trump. Um, give me your overview. Jim, uh, we agree with you that it's difficult to know what's likely to happen. Uh, one of the th- things we're thinking about advantages with with uh, one party controlling both the House, the Senate, and the presidency, that it might be easier to break the gridlock that's happened over the past few years. And the market reaction, and we don't have a lot of data, but it's few days that we have subsequent to the election, well, we've seen what we call the reflation trade, Jim, where you've seen interest rates head higher, and also the stock market head higher, and commodity prices move higher. So, so we've seen what we think is a reflation trade. Uh, it will be interesting to see. I, I agree with everything Stanton said. It takes time for all this to sort out. Let's see if this reflation trade continues. 
Uh, but, but, you know, certainly trade appears that it will be impacted, Jim, uh, because, you know, the, the president-elect has, has been negative uh, on trade with foreign countries. So we tend to think that that's going to be one of the things that happens. Tax cuts are a possibility. And we also believe that uh, infrastructure spending uh, is likely to happen. You know, the infrastructure spending, I can see that. And that's going to create lots of jobs. And I think that's a, that's something we've kind of sidestepped that issue for many, many years. And so it is if he if he steps into that, that will be. And so when people talk about the debt, I mean, infrastructure spending is going to create more debt. Do you see that as a is that an issue that a problem that we've that that so so anti Republican for them to say that they're going to spend the money and create debt? Do you see that as an issue that's going to be a battle or in order for him to do that? Do you feel comfortable with that? Well, uh, two, two, two observations. One is that. Uh, the president-elect is not your typical Republican candidate. <laughs> okay, well said. <laughs> the second part could be that uh, we have seen the interest rates uh, across the curve, notably in the 10-year U.S. Treasury and the 30-year U.S. Treasury. Jim, the, those have gone back up. Mm-hmm. The rates have started to rise. So if your concern is that, that we might be issuing more debt and it might be inflationary, the initial reaction of the market, and things are subject to change, but the initial reaction of the market is uh, some concern that you're exactly right, that we might see more debt through uh, through the infrastructure spending, through the tax cuts, the deficit could go higher. We might have to issue more debt and to accommodate that. We've seen a gradual increase in rates. I guess I'm thinking if 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 we're thinking that, let me let's 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 move into what I really want to get you know get to. If this we've had a GDP. Slow growth. I mean, face it, this may be the first time in the history of any president in his eight-year service that, that we've not had a GDP growth over three. Uh, that still remains to be seen. I mean, we've got a quarter we've got to you know, end with. But is this where the GDP figures that we've seen released recently, is this indicating that we're maybe looking towards a recession? Jim, I think that's the concern people have, and we don't believe that that's the case. Uh, that that we are headed to a recession. We think that, you know, you're right. While growth has not been remarkably strong, it's been consistent. Job growth, while well, not particularly strong, has been remarkably consistent. And usually recessions come about because of some imbalance in the economy. And we don't think it's ever the economy's ever gotten heated that you'd see an imbalance. Uh, we don't see imbalance in commercial or residential real estate. We don't think credit growth has been uh, outside the normal parameters. So you could probably keep this kind of growth for a year or more, that it just keeps moving like this without really having a recession. So uh, that's not really a concern of ours over the next 12 months. Well, I know Stanton and I were talking earlier, and Stanton, you mentioned that as, as David's talking about this, and again, we're in a we're in a long growth period since basically the last recession was 2009, and it's hard to predict, and I appreciate where David's coming from, but you talk about taking a long-term approach as a fundamental. Right, and it, <clears throat> and it really is, because if at all possible, that's the approach you want to take. Because think about it. Let's say the S&P 500. Over 20 years, it returned 8%, over yeah. 8%. Yeah. That's really good. But in that same 20 years, you had 96, which over 30%, which is great. Yeah. But then we have 08. That brings us a negative 37. All so right. it's very hard to just try to plan on short-term moves. It could do this, could do that. But if we, if at all possible, you can take that long-term approach that 8% will sit pretty nice. Okay, so what what you're saying then, as David's talking about it's hard to predict, even though there's a lot of little things, a lot of little noise going on, 
to, to keep that long-term approach. And, and I guess, David, you're kind of saying do the same thing, keep a long-term approach. Always, always. I, I that That is the best single advice that I think any investor can have is you have to take a look at the long-term and, and try not to get too wrapped up into the day-to-day, the fluctuations, because I, I think Stanton suggested people tend Markets tend to overreact because markets are just a collection of people, uh, and they can be swayed by emotion. Uh, I, I think Stanton mentioned sometimes people make decisions that aren't rational. Same can happen in the markets, Jim. So I, I think taking that very long-term approach, uh, having a well-thought-out plan is the best way to deal with all of this. If you talk about recession, and, you, and let me let me kind of, since we are saying that we don't see any great indicators, you talk about imbalances. I know a lot of times when we see if we are going to take on more debt and spending and interest rates begin to rise, do you think Janet's going to do her thing? And uh, I shouldn't refer to her at a first name basis, you know, <laughs> but the, you know, the Fed chairman, Ms. Yellen, is she going to raise uh, interest rates in December, do you think? Is this, we, is, is this her time? Yeah, we, we, we absolutely believe that's the case, Jim. We, th- we think the market is is ready for it, and we think that people would probably welcome a 25 basis point increase in, in the Fed funds rate. So uh, indications are yes. It's a simple answer. All right, let me let me talk about that for just a second. Now, give me give me your thoughts, I guess. I, I mean, uh, when we look at this recession and the idea, we've said, okay, probably not. Okay, let's pass it. So we're into a long-term growth market systemic maybe you know uh anemic you know let's put it that way and uh i think the the concept is that we're going to continue that but are we looking at inflation are we looking at the potential heating up of inflation over the next say 18 months that that is the one thing that we're debating uh right now uh, amongst ourselves is with the infrastructure spending potential tax cuts some of the pro-growth policies, uh, what we're debating, Jim, is that what does that mean for inflation? Uh, and we think that that could put some a gradual rise in the inflation rate. And would the infrastructure spending, tax cuts, uh, other things that are yet to be determined, who knows? But the other question we're asking ourselves is, would that be enough to break us out of this uh, this growth pattern and move us to a higher plateau? Wow, that's those a, are questions to think about. Yeah, those are big questions. If you just tuned in, my guest today, Stanton Brown, one of our advisors at Shoemaker Financial, and David Land, who is a vice president of Advantis Capital Portfolio Manager, Total Return with Advantis Capital Management. And uh, this part of the program, of course, is brought to you by the Bailey Law Firm, Estate Planning, Elder Law, and Probate. Planning for all generations, we thank the Bailey Law Firm very much for uh, being a supportive of our program. Uh David, when you say that, and I and I can sense a lot of people thinking, all right, interest rates go up. Well, what happens to the markets if we see inflation? You know what, Jim? So far, like I said, we have very few data points, but so far the markets have, have gone up, and I think it would actually depend uh, what industries you're looking at and how they're able to pass those costs on through to their consumers. So some some companies that have pricing power would probably be beneficial, but if they can't pass those potential price increases through this is all hypothetical if there were inflation sure uh, we, we don't I think they would have a little bit more difficult time but but look at the stock market over the last two days with this potential reflation trade rates are up and, and stocks have done very well so 
hard to tell, but I think that's the reflection trade we might be looking at. All right. What does is, what is this do, in, and again, loaded question, what does this do to the bond market long term? Uh, well, rates have been rising, and if there were inflation that were to keep going, rates would be rising. Uh, and that's probably a slight negative uh, for the bond market because when interest rates rise, bond prices fall. However, Jim, it wasn't that long ago people kept asking, how can I get more income? How can I, I get a higher rate on my savings? So there's two sides of the coin, right? If you're in the bond market, bond prices may fall. However, it, you know, if interest rates rise, it gives people a chance to perhaps invest their money at higher rates, which would give them more income. Okay. Then that's critical for a lot of our listeners is needing that income. And I know, Stanton, you talk about one of the fundamentals again, and we'll get into deeper with this, I guess, later on, but thinking that you talked about the long-term approach, but asset allocation. I mean, that's uh, buying both stocks and bonds, but not only just using diversification from that, from when you drop down to diversification. And I guess you're saying that look at your bonds and maybe some governments and, and some corporates or, you know, whatever. So thought, think, Tim, help, help, help me with that. Yeah, just the definition of asset allocation is that mix between how much stocks, how many bonds, and how much cash do you want in your portfolio. And a lot of it has to do with your time horizon, your risk tolerance, and really your situation. What position is best for you? Should you be more in the stock markets and you can multiple levels in that? Or should you have more bonds in your portfolio when you're really just concerned about income? And so when we're talking with David, David, you're saying is this could be a, a, a long-term approach, though, pretty good for people looking for income. Yes, ab- absolutely, Jim. Uh, I think if, you know, the rise in rates uh, is, is welcome relief. We've seen uh, institutions uh, that, that have yield bogeys or they have income thresholds that they have to meet, uh, they're, they're greeting their higher rates with, with a sense of relief because as they get new cash to put to work, Jim, they can do it at higher rates, which is welcome. What about the thought with aging demographics? I mean, we're talking about people that um, uh, we've got an aging population. I mean, I'm part of that aging baby boom population that that is going to you know need income and they begin to pull money out of their portfolio, is that going to have a um, problem? I mean, they're, you know, we're, we're seeing them at a, at a peak consumption side where they're pulling money out to spend, but also, you know, pulling money out to live. So it's a, it's a mindset. What's your thoughts? I mean, is that going to create some issues uh, over the next couple of months over the next couple of years? Yeah, I, I think the aging of the, of the baby boom generation, and I confess I, I'm at the tail end of that, Jim, is having huge impacts, right? So So they're they may have undersaved for the retirement, so they're trying to save more. Uh, they're looking to generate that income as they think about, uh, they see their work part of their life coming to an end or nearing an end, so they'll have to live off their savings. Uh, so it does, as you pointed out, they probably pass peak consumption. We think that's a trend that is in the U.S. Now, the millennial generation will eventually be, I believe, is larger than the baby boom. But it's going to take several years for all those folks to enter the workforce and have a have a lift to the economy. So I'm sorry, Jim, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I, just keep going because I, I know Stanton is part of that millennial group. And a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, we were talking millennial about the millennials. And, right. and we've discovered, actually, David, discovered, that Stanton did the research for us, that they were tremendous savers, much better savers than we were, me personally, uh, my generation, that that older group, 
uh, the baby boomers, and you too, David, that they did a much better job. They do a much better job of saving money early on. Now, will they do that as they get older? We don't know. But they're different than we are when it comes to saving money because we didn't do that early out. When we were 25, 27, 29, 30, we were in that consumption mode. These guys are consumers for sure. But they're also savers. Isn't that basically what you said, Staten? Yeah, yeah. It's just a paradigm shift. We got to see our parents go through these Be careful stages. with what you say now. Just remember. That. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I am in that group. But yes, again, you are. We got to see our parents go through certain things, and that has shown us, hey, you need to start saving early. Yeah. I have right. many stories of people saying, well, I didn't start until well into my 30s. And so very very much so now with, with student loan debt and all these other factors, that people are already thinking – Man, I can't just go out and spend anything. Right. I need to start saving my own money for whatever life may throw at me. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a great point. If you just tuned in, my guest today, Stanton Brown and David Land, we're talking about the economy, five fundamentals, ten fundamentals, things you need to think about, that's Stanton Brown, and then basically what's the economy doing with David Land. Now, when we come back, I want to make sure that we – I really want to hear, David, you give me that 30,000-foot view – And then I want to kind of move into the weeds a little bit because I really want to leave our listening audience with you. Man, to have you on the air is so good for us and so powerful. I want to really know what you're thinking because when you talk about a guy that uh, manages a portfolio, uh, he's got a lot of wisdom. So, uh, David, just prepare for me now. Just think about what you're going to tell us when we come back, all right? Yes, we'll do. (laughs) Okay. All right. This is Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for Shoemaker Financial. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM 990. My guest today, Stanton Brown and David Land. David Land is the Vice President and Portfolio Manager for Advantis Capital. And Stanton Brown's a financial advisor with us at Shoemaker Financial. And we're talking about the economy. And we're talking about recessions and interest rates going up. And what are some fundamentals that you should do if you're an investor? And Stan, one of the fundamentals that I, I really kind of wanted to to you said earlier when we were talking about this, don't invest in your politics. Well, help me with that, because I agree with you 100 percent, sir. Yeah, well, I think to remember about that is it's just business. Whether you're a Trump supporter or a Clinton supporter or any other president it was, at the end of the day, it's just business. Somebody's going to win and the market's going to go on. And the market is going to go. And by the way, the sun did come up the next day. Yes, and, it did. you know, the market did open. And I mean, I remember so many people were going through this whole idea. And David, I'm sure you guys were kind of stunned and you watched and you thought. I mean, uh, your take on that. I mean, what do you think? Jim, I, I think you're right. I think everything you, you and Stanton said is, is spot on perfect. All, all that we're doing is th- questioning our assumptions about with does gridlock in in the federal government with one party controlling both legislatures and the presidency? Uh, would the tax, would the potential tax cuts, potential infrastructure spending, potential impacts on trade, could that push the economy to a higher nominal growth rate? Could it push inflation up? So, just some some things that we've felt for a long time that we would have low interest rates for a longer period of time because of demographic trends that we've already discussed uh, in the steady but slow growth in the GDP. We're, we're now questioning, asking, and I, I think it's fair to ask, how does this impact 
what's going to happen in GDP growth. Would, would tax cuts be a positive thing? Uh, would infrastructure spending, what type of infrastructure spending, what industries uh, would likely benefit? I, I, I think what we can do, Jim, is use this, what's changed in the political arena, I think we can use it as a launching off point to begin discussions about what we think could change uh, in, in the investment landscape. Do you see that as being a, a just a thought for you now? Again, you, you didn't say it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put words in your mouth, so i got to be careful because I don't want to do that. But here's my thought when you said that. Do you see the, the volatility? You know, we've had volatility. I mean, let me tell you, volatility with a capital V for the past eight years. So we've had volatility. But do you see that increasing or decreasing under the new president-elect? Uh, you know, that's an excellent question, and, and my guess is it increases because of what you've said earlier. We honestly don't know what the president-elect will do. He doesn't have a political background, didn't come from the military, uh, is a business leader. So, so we've never actually kind of seen this set up before. So I would think simply uh, the ability for anyone to accurately forecast what's likely to happen is diminished. So that would, in my opinion, lead to an increase in volatility. And but that's an excellent point. That's a good, you know, you talk about, Stanton, that don't get caught up in this of conventional thought process, the conventional wisdom, because it may not be conventional going forward. We don't know. I mean, your thoughts. Yeah, the only thing we can really base it on, we can base moving forward on is history. Over the past 40 years, we've kind of seen some similar things back and forth, but you're right. We're in new territory right now. We need to there be careful. There are a lot of unknowns. And that adds risk, whether we really like it or not. Right. So volatility, you're also saying volatility, too. Right. So uh, I guess, David, let's real quick, the, the big three, GM, Ford, and Chrysler Fiat, they've offered the, you know, because he really, during his, you know, election run, he hammered them because of the jobs that are going to Mexico. Uh, he's he's looking at uh, NAFTA. He's looking at, you know, trade. He's looking. Let me I guess I'm asking, in your opinion, they're they've got to make some moves and some thoughts because uh, he's uh, saying if you're not creating jobs in America, you're in trouble. Do you agree with that? Uh, I think what I think the president elect is is everything you say is true. But I think it will make it more difficult. Uh, to outsource, which probably means two things, Jim, and it's hard to weigh the impacts. The first would be that, you know, we should reasonably expect that there might be some higher prices for car parts, higher prices for cars, uh, because it's harder to produce uh, where it's uh, less expensive to produce. The offset to that would be exactly what you suggest. If there are more jobs domestically, uh, that's an offset to the fact, but, but we definitely think, and part of the reflation trade, part of the trend towards higher inflation, could be that this global trade may have peaked. Uh, and, and not only here, Jim, but there's been some, some concerns about global trade in other parts of the world uh, and movements to try to slow it down. So, Jim, that could lead to higher prices that consumers see, but there might be an offset if if there are higher wages in the U.S. or, or more people are employed. Mm, that's a great point. 30,000-foot view. You're a portfolio manager, sir. You have to think out you don't think about just what's going on today. You're not a short-term person. So help me. Let's talk this to our to the people listening today. What's your thoughts? What are your what What are you planning for? Well, we tend to think that uh, GDP will uh, continue on its present course or perhaps move higher. Uh, we tend to think that inflation might pick up a little bit and and rates might rise. 
but we're still debating that in, in the magnitude of those moves. But you know what? If rates rose and people were able to invest their money at higher rates that they could get more income, uh, I think that's probably a welcome relief, Jim, for the past few years where folks who were savers got very little reward for investing uh, their savings. So I think that's long-term probably a positive trend. But but I think Stanton pointed out, over the last 40 years, we've seen lots of things happen. Uh, and you know what? Generally speaking, stocks move higher. Bonds kind of kick off their coupon income. And everything actually kind of sorts itself out in the end. So there might be some near-term fluctuations, but over a very long period of time, um, we tend to think things work themselves out. And we really don't see a recession uh, on the near-term horizons. We don't see imbalances in the U.S. economy. Uh, and you know what? It would be great if we could see that employment-to-population ratio, the labor force participation. Jim, as more jobs are created, it would be great to get people that have left the labor force reengaged, and hopefully that can happen in the next five years or so. That's great. That's that's a thought right there. More people engaged, the higher wages, uh, more people working in what they want to do and not some of the jobs that have been created. Uh, you know, that's so powerful. You've been listening to David Land. He is the chief investment. Well, uh, I guess I just promoted oh, you, David. You gave me a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, tell Chris, uh, you know, step aside. Uh, <laughs> Vice President and Portfolio Manager. He is with uh, Advantis Capital, frequent guest of ours, and does a wonderful job. And you kind of led us to see not to get too worried. Things work themselves out. And long-term investments, as Stanton said, that's exactly what we have to think about long-term. Stay with it. Stay solid. And, uh, David, you've been great for us today. We appreciate it very much. Have a great Veterans Day, sir. Thank you. Take care, Jim. All right, Bye-bye. man. Uh, you know, Stan, when we come back, I want to kind of think about this. You know, David's helped us out a lot. But the reality is uh, both of us work in the financial industry, and I'm going to throw something out to you. Don't expect us to know all the answers. I want you to talk about that. Thankfully, yes. <laughs> we don't know all the answers. So when we come back, we're going to dive into some fundamentals that everybody needs to think about. We're going to listen to Rebecca Brasher as she gives us our Mid-South History Moment right after this. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. Memphis changed forever in 1909 when W.C. Handy first came to Bill Street. A song originally written for E.H. Crump's mayoral race established Handy as the first blues musician when the sheet music was published three years later under the title Memphis Blues. After his parents wouldn't let him buy a guitar, Handy devoted every spare moment of his time to playing a cornet. As a young man, Handy worked odd jobs and played in orchestras from Alabama to Indiana until forming a successful band in 1893. But the constant touring and low pay wore on Handy, who traveled with his band until they finally settled in Memphis, where through his writing and playing, he fused his own African-American heritage with American culture as a whole. His music brought people together, and his popularity spanned across racial divides in a radically new way. Although Handy rests in peace today, he lives forever in the Memphis blues. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money, as you know, is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm. 
estate planning, elder law, and probate, planning for all generations. And I want to thank them. They're one of our key players in what we do and the fact that they're able to help you move through a lot of those questions that you have when it comes to setting down and planning for retirement or working through your estate. It's all about elder law. The Mac Bailey Law Firm, Mac Bailey and his team, spends a lot of time with you, answers a lot of questions, and we're proud to have them as one of our sponsors. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, again, you know, one of the things that uh, Stan and I have been talking about, we appreciate David helping us get some idea of what the future looks like. But the reality is, Stanton, you said, I mean, kind of talking to me a little bit, she said, uh, don't expect your financial advisor to know everything. Now, that's a right. big statement. I know some financial advisors think they know everything. Well, I'm glad to say that I don't know everything. <laughs> Me too. Because that's one way to not get sued <laughs> that's out here. True. So, that's true. And that's the thing to think about. When you're talking to your advisor, they may or may not be the best source of information because they kind of want to tell you everything that's that's been go- – they're not going to tell you – they don't want to go over the limit and – put themselves out there for that very reason. A lot of reason. times they do the positive side and don't allow you to listen to the negative side. Right. And that's what you've got to be careful with. Anybody that's only going to give you the positive side selling you something, they're not advising. There's a difference between a financial salesman and a financial advisor. And I think so many times, in fact, here's one of the thoughts that we talked about earlier, too, is the reality that, you know, don't get so caught up and, you know, somebody who's going to give you a long-term projection. Uh, you know, it's kind of like one of those things when I give, if somebody comes to me and say, well, this other guy said that he could forecast or he thought this and he had all this data, you know, I, I get very nervous, uh, when you can, somebody can say, well, this is what's going to happen over the next two, four or eight years. I want to say how, (laughs) how do you know that? You know, I mean, I've been doing this a long time and I have, I can remember, Years and years ago, when people would do just that and predict and say this, and, and I'd call it time in the market, but the reality is they were they were they were trying to be experts at doing something that is basically impossible. Now you can get a lot of data, right? But that doesn't mean the data is always going to tell you exactly what's going on in the market. The market is a an animal within itself, and uh, and just so like people, they act irrational. They act, as, as David said, as right. people make up the market, and people act differently. <laughs> so, I mean, most people would have said, I mean, if you would have been watching Tuesday night and you saw a downturn in the in the futures of eight hundred points, you would have said the market's going to open up and just plummet, and it didn't. Right, and right. so that's just it. You cannot forecast exactly what's going to happen in the market. So we're telling people if you if you think about it, here's some things post election. Don't panic. I mean, you know, and and don't think that everybody's going to know the answer. Be careful with the conventional wisdom. Don't invest in your politics. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a powerful statement. Don't get suckered in when the market does something short term. I mean, if you've got a, you said earlier, do something that's long term. Stick to your long term. Now, I want you to walk us through some some basics because we've been talking generalities, but you use basics when you talk with a client. Those things that you say. Here's some fundamentals that you have to just say, this is your this is your foundation. So help me with number one. Right, right. So number one is just understanding your risk when it comes to investing. 
how how much risk are you re- really willing to take? We talk about stocks or you earn more, but there's a lot of risk when you're talking about companies and just their status related to the market. We Again, we saw from Tuesday night to Wednesday morning. Right. It can change just right. that quick. And then bonds. How, do, how many bonds do you want in your portfolio? Mm-hmm. So these are all questions about, again, how much risk are you willing to take to earn more? And you had mentioned earlier, too, that with the election and president-elect uh, Trump, that there may be greater risk going in. I mean, and David said that a little bit more volatility that we should see because he is, quote, unquote, an unknown. And so, therefore, risk on. Let's just be honest, risk right. on. So does a person at this point adjust their risk or do they just say, no, I'm, I understand my risk and I'm willing to go forward with that? Or should they be adjusting? Well, I think you need to take a look at your situation. Mm. Where are you today? If things did go wrong, how will your finances react? And that would be a very good indicator on should I adjust my risk right now? Just personally, where am I? Yeah, that's a great point. Not only when you said when you said you know, am I going to you know with my risk and that you know with my emotions? Yes, yeah, my emotions. <laughs> how does that handle? How do I deal with my emotions? You know, from that standpoint, what's going to help you sleep at night? Yeah, big point, <laughs> big point. What's another uh, thought process that you would want to share with people from a fundamental standpoint? Right. So we touched on long term approach, and we also touched on asset allocation mm-hmm. um, a, a good bit. But well, let's go back to this long term approach. Okay. Tell me about that. What do you mean long term? What's long term in your mind? Long term is. Really is about twenty years, fifteen okay. to twenty years. It's okay. past that ten, fifteen mark of where I know I may want to do this or do that. But twenty years, I need to know that things are still moving in the right direction. Mm. So it's it's because there's so much unknown with it. That's not something you really want to bet on anything that could happen overnight. Well, what I want to do because when you talk about long term, I really we want to take a break and we'll get you know the things we have to do there this break. But here's the reality. You say long-term. I, I like that because so many people, it's hard for them to think 10, 20 years out. I want you to help me define short-term, medium, or mid, mid-term, kind of a middle thing, and then long-term again, where you talked about that 10-year period. Because I think so many people need to understand that when, they, when they're setting up their investment mind and managing their risk. So we're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. My guest today is Stanton Brown, financial advisor with Shoemaker Financial. We're talking about fundamentals of investing. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Contact 901-757-5757 at ShoemakerFinancial.com. Helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. And we're talking with Stanton Brown. We're talking about fundamentals for anybody that's looking for a portfolio. As you're going through this post-election, what is the, what's your fundamentals? What are you thinking about? What are you looking for? Well, that's what we're talking about with Stanton Brown, financial advisor at Shoemaker Financial. And, you know, Stanton, one of the things that um, 
you talked about earlier, long-term investing, and you said 10 years or longer, and then that's a pretty standard thing. But so many people think, okay, if I'm going to invest and I'm going to do that, can I? what about if I've got to have the money short-term? What's short-term mean to some people? What would you, as, a, as an advisor, sit down and say, okay, if you're going to do short-term, that's what is that term? That's an important question because you're right. It's zero to two years is really short-term. You probably don't want a lot of risk because you're really about to spend. Well, that you're money. about to spend the money. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, I mean, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to buy a house. Uh, uh, maybe I've got a child going to college or or something, you know, whatever. So if it's at if it's a short period, that money needs to be locked up safely. That doesn't right. need to be out there in the market that much, right? Right, right, exactly. I, you know, that's so important that you say that because I've known people that had everything, everything. And this mindset of, you know, well, I got to get as much as I can. They're not thinking about that short-term volatility that we all experience, and uh, they were not protecting that short-term investment. Right, right. Because if Junior's going to college next year, you kind of want to know the money's exactly, going to be there. Exactly. Not really just kind of hoping it's going to so be So after two years, let's say three and I guess out to 10 or three out to seven, eight, whatever, is that midterm? Is that what you're calling a kind of a middle road? Yeah, that three to eight where you know you want to spend the money on something, but you're not exactly sure when and probably even what exactly yeah. but i know i want it not just sitting under my mattress right so that three to eight window is something you can definitely plan for but again you may not be super aggressive into stocks you want a sizable amount but some bonds would add would lessen that volatility so you would tighten down the risk you yes. would take less risk in that middle term than you would if you were thinking long term but more risk if you're thinking that way versus the short term right correct and then it's it long term when you get out past that eight years, nine years, ten years, then it's based on your total risk tolerance. Right. Just personally, what? How can you sleep at night? Because truthfully, you have time to go through the volatility, ride a little roller coaster of the up and downs. Because if you have more than eight years, the hope is that when we get to that closer to that point, we're going to be more that's ready. A, that's a great point. So, all right, you've talked about asset allocation: stocks, bonds, and cash. And that is based on your risk tolerance. Yes. In this period of post-election and so many times, I mean, we talk about this, stress testing a portfolio. I mean, tightening it down. We do this a lot in the office where we really kind of squeeze it and, and push it. I mean, you know, how would here's the question that I think people have to ask themselves. How would my finances look if we had a 20, 25, 30% correction in the next 18 months? That's a question everybody has to ask, isn't it? It is, and that's, and it is a big question. It's something that you honestly should just sit down with somebody and look. Somebody has an unbiased opinion about your finances mm -hmm. and do a realistic forecast of what could happen. What are some what-ifs? Right. If this happened, how would that change your numbers, and how would that change your lifestyle? That's a That's a critical statement because so many people kind of— Forget that that is important. So stress testing the portfolio, even though you've got your asset allocation correct. Now, let's go through this. Asset allocation, you've done that. You talked about that. Understanding your risk, you talked about that. You, you talked about taking the long-term approach if you're looking for long-term investments, short, mid-term, and long-term. You, you've got to just do that. Now, diversification. That's the kind of stocks and bonds you're talking about. Right, right. And without getting into two details of a big company, large company, analogy I like to use with my clients is going to sports. Let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. We all love Mike Conley. Yep. We all like Marcus Gasol. 
but do I want five Mike Conley's on the court at one time? <laughs> uh, you wouldn't be a coach very long. But, <laughs> exactly. You know, hey, I might like it. That would be great for the fans' perspective. Right. But you're right. Yeah. Because he's only going to do what he does best. Yes. And that's what you're talking about. Diversification is about giving everybody else a chance to do what they do exactly best. why limit yourself when you can invest in the entire grizzlies roster and have all five positions working on the court at the same time excellent excellent i did not realize that you owned the grizzlies but i like that i like that it's good <laughs> you speak it into existence right <laughs> exactly. you believe it it can happen all right well now that's great from a diversification standpoint so if you look at it and you think about how you're putting your portfolio together and i guess uh Understanding the need for a safe haven. A lot of people jump so quick when things go volatile. And I know we we can do that to some degree, but that is so devastating to a portfolio because you don't know when to get out and you don't know when to get in. So help me with that. Right, right. It it goes back to the stress testing um, and also... How much risk are you really willing to take? Now, you want to have some on the sidelines because things can go wrong. You want to have it there in that safe haven, but completely going to it and kind of waiting for times to get better, you're again, you're going back to market timing. And I can't recommend when the best time to exit or enter the market uh, is. Or get back into it. Yeah, yeah, that's always. And so many people say, well, I can do that because I got all this analogy and, and all they have to do is miss it. You know, we've had a lot of studies done that says you got to be accurate 78% of the time, and that's very hard. And that could be a day, an hour, a minute yep. that you missed it. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to Stanton Brown, and he has done a great job, and uh, I appreciate what he's done. The reality is today is Veterans Day. I want to thank the people that have put this program together. We want to listen to a, you know, a song that means a lot to me. You know that it's Veterans Day. I am proud to be an American. Part of a great democracy Where our equal rights are for everyone Thanks to justice and liberty With our 50 wonderful United States We're more powerful than ever today I am proud to be an American And to live in the USA Jim Shoemaker and Stanton Brown are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Advantage Capital Management and Securian Financial Services Incorporated are affiliates.